welcome back to the podcast. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the letter of James. Now, we live in a world that tells us what to think day by day. Is that something a Christian should just live with? Well, James in this letter, he wants to warn us about double-mindedness, living as if we are a Christian and a non-Christian at the same time. So let's dive in and hear what he has to say. James chapter 5. Let me read that for us then. James chapter 5, verses 13 to 20. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you ill? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. That's our passage for this evening. It's going to drive us to prayer. So let's have a look at it, shall we? See, as we've gone through, as we've gone through James, we've seen a lot about being single minded, haven't we? As we've gone, we've seen that James has given us a number of things that we can be double minded about. He said that if we were to analyse our thinking, if we were to hear our speaking, if we were to cut open our hearts, we'd show what kind of Christian we are. And we've seen the things we can do personally to get back on track. But with the whole of the Christian life, we are saved into community, aren't we? We're saved into community. And because we're saved into a community, that community ought to make a difference. So the question I want us to be thinking about tonight is this. What should we do with a wandering Christian? What do we do with a wandering Christian. Sounds a bit like uh, a nursery rhyme, doesn't it? That you could sing. What do we do with a wandering Christian? Let's have a thought experiment to start us off with, shall we? You see a, you see a Christian friend slipping into double-mindedness. Perhaps it's because of a relationship. Maybe it's an over-emphasis, an over-focus on money. Perhaps it's in the way they use their time. They've started to drift Uh, like a car being driven by a tired driver, swerving between the lanes. What are we to do? What would you do? I think one temptation is to look down on that person, to look at them and think, "Well, well, aren't I doing well? At least I'm not doing that. To pat ourselves on the back and then turn the other way. Or the other temptation, I think, is to see it as someone else's problem. Well, I'm not as close to that person as so-and-so. Well, there's other people at church who will be able to handle that better and then leave that person. See, that's, that's an issue, isn't it, for Christians throughout the ages, isn't it? I'm sure we all know 
people who have turned away from Christianity, turned their backs on Jesus over the years. But is that the biblical thing to do in that situation? So our, our question this evening, what do we do with a wandering Christian? Well, this evening, I want to say this passage is going to give us the answer to that question. And James says to us, we are to pray for that person and we are to bring them back. We're to pray for that person and we're to bring them back. So first of all, we are to pray for them. That's what's going on in verses 13 to 16. Have a look down at the passage with me. Have a look at verse 13 in particular. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. See, James has already said in this letter that prayer is vital. It's vital to our godliness. It's vital to our being single-minded in every moment of our lives. And here, James is saying the same thing. Are you in trouble? Well, pray. Are you happy? Well, praise God. I think our prayer habits tell us something about ourselves. We're more likely to pray when we're in trouble, aren't we? And when things are going well, well, prayer drops off the radar, doesn't it? I don't need prayer if things are going well. What would James say to that? What would James say to that? Well, he'd say it's double-mindedness again, isn't it? Pray when we're upset, but when we're happy, just leave it. But James says here we're to pray at all times, whether we're in trouble, whether we're happy, and when we're weak. You could say when we're sad, when we're glad, when we're mad. But when we come to verses 14 to 16, it can seem quite unrelated to what James is saying, can't it? But we've been looking at James over these past few months, haven't we? So I reckon we can make some sense of what's going on here. Let me read it again. I'm going to put it up on the screen for us, actually. Let's really look at this. Is anyone among you ill? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, I want to show us a few things about the words that are used here. Let me show you a slightly different translation, one by myself. Now, the word that we have there in our versions that says ill is actually the word weak. You can see how that's related, right? Weak and ill. Is anyone among you weak? And the word raised there in verse 15 is our word that we know for literal resurrection. That's the, word, that's the way it's used everywhere else in the Bible. So this is a more literal translation, and my changes are highlighted for you. So you might notice there's a bit of ambiguity in what James is talking about in this section, if we just take it based on what uh, it's saying here. Is James talking about physical weakness, or is he talking about spiritual weakness? As I say, we've spent a few months in the letter, haven't we? So one of those sounds a bit more familiar to us, a bit more familiar to what James is saying. So in light of the rest of James's letter, we can say, actually, it seems like James is talking about the weak and weary Christian, the Christian who is double-minded. So what is a Christian who is weak and weary to do? It says here they're to call the elders, they're to phone up the leaders of the church. And what will the leaders of the church do as they knock on the door? What can I do for you? The person will say, please pray for me. I have realised I'm double-minded. The anointing there is interesting, isn't it? 
you were to go back into the Bible, you'd see that anointing is something that is given, is something that's done to someone who has a task to do, someone who needs to be single minded about the task that's at hand. You see how it all fits together? And just notice how definite the results are. Have a look at verse 15. I should have put first numbers on the screen. Uh, you can see the little 15 there in our versions. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. See, the person who realises that they're weak and weary, the person who knows that they're drifting, as they ask for help, are already back on track to single-mindedness. And we've seen earlier in James, haven't we? They can ask God for wisdom. They can ask God for single-mindedness. And God promises he will give it. It's the same definiteness here. So James can say, as the wandering Christian confesses his or her sin and is prayed for, that person will be restored. So what should we do with a wandering Christian? Well, James says we're to pray for them. And that's exactly what Elijah did. If you know the book of One Kings, I know there's a family here who's been working through One Kings recently. If you know One Kings, you're going to know the prophet Elijah. He did many amazing things. Uh, he, in fact, healed people physically. But James is taking us to a, a different part of the story of Elijah because he's not talking about physical he's talking about spiritual here he's taking us to a different part of Elijah's story a part of Elijah's story that's found in 1 Kings chapter 18 now you see Elijah was living at a time when Israel was wandering they were calling themselves God's people all the while worshipping false gods and Elijah as James says here in verse 17 prayed that it would not rain by drawing attention to the two prayers of Elijah, James is giving us a very specific time frame to be looking at. The first prayer happens in 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. And the second prayer happens at the end of 1 Kings 18. There's our time frame. And in the middle of that time frame is, our, is the really famous showdown between God and Baal. You might wonder what this picture is of. Well, this is the big barbecue scene of the Bible. If you've got a kid's Bible, you've probably seen the big barbecue that Elijah had where there are the two bulls and the prophets of Elijah are trying to call down fire on these bulls. And right in the centre of this contest, Elijah says this, 1 Kings 18, verse 21, Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. How long will you waver between two opinions? Sounds just like James, doesn't it? That's why James is using it. Wavering between two opinions, you could say, how long will you be double-minded? But notice what James says here, right at the beginning of verse 17. Elijah was a human being. Sure, fair enough. Elijah was a human being. Even as we are. You see, James is saying this event Elijah had in his life it, it wasn't an amazing event this wasn't something extraordinary no to help someone back into single-mindedness is a normal thing Elijah was a human being even as we are what should we do with a wandering Christian well we're to pray for them whether we're in leadership at Christchurch Hemel or another church or not and prayer will save the wobbly Christian. That's what James is saying here. So we're to pray for them. 
and we're to bring them back, verses 19 to 20. That's the last two verses of this section. The last two verses of James, actually. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. James is pretty clear, isn't he? If one of you should wander, someone should bring that person back. Just notice what that doesn't say. It doesn't say an experienced Christian should bring them back. It doesn't say a church leader should bring them back. What does it say? Someone should bring that person back. Are you a someone? Well, it's your responsibility to bring other Christians back. And notice when someone is brought back, it saves them from death and it covers a multitude of sins. The word save there, it's the same word we had back in verse 15. So you see, it's all, it's all one idea. Even though a Christian may wander, there is forgiveness, there is salvation when they return. So there you go. What should we do with a wandering Christian? Well, James says we're to pray for them. Pray like Elijah did. Pray that they'd know God and that they'd return to him. And bring them back. Whoever you are, you're someone. So it's your responsibility. It's our responsibility. Let's just go back to that thought experiment from the beginning, shall we? Your friend has started to drift away from Christianity. They're starting to show signs of being double-minded. Well, what should you do? Well, if that person was walking at night and about to walk off a cliff, you would do something, wouldn't you? Well, falling off a cliff is nothing in comparison to falling away from Christ. It's a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Well, perhaps you tonight are feeling weary. Perhaps it's not a friend we're talking about. Perhaps it's yourself. So what should you do? Well, ask someone to pray for you. Ask someone to come alongside you and pray that you'd be single-minded. Ask someone to come and pray that normal Elijah-like prayer for you. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. We're saved into a community and that community makes a real difference. We should be looking out for one another and being a somebody who brings anybody back. Well, hopefully that gave us some things to think about. Join us again next week. Hey, baby, there is-